ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, Jay-Z, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? You wearing the Easter springtime Hasn't been Ralph washed. Lauren polo shirt. Has not been ironed or washed since the last time and I wore it. And it's December 1, John. Yo. I appreciate this. You know that you live in Florida mm-hmm. when you aren't afraid oh. to go against all of those. Fashion foupas? Yes. I don't pay attention to that. Yes. Shout, shout out to this lighting. Look at the sun coming at the angle. Look, this is good lighting. I like this. Leave it up to an audio video guy to get excited <laughs> about really lighting. Look at the sun. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Is that a thing where like, you can't wear white after Labor Day? Yeah, not in Florida. Look, not in Florida. I remember I once was going to go work for a Southern Bible Belt company. Uh-oh. And I'm a Floridian. Mm-hmm. And I rolled into this dinner, this like pre-hired dinner, and I was wearing this flashy suit. Like I'm a newly graduated uh, from UCF, advertising public relations major. I had this awesome suit, something that, like Stuart Scott would wear on Sports Center. Van Hughes and all day. Yeah. Sorry, I know I had to. It, it might have been Van Hughes. You never day, know. Never, you never know. My mom likes to shop at Dillard's and Macy's back in the day. A little, not so much J.C. Penny. Right. We kept it Dillard's and Macy's. Right. But nonetheless, I roll in there and they're like, "You can't wear that." Why not? Because it was like forest green, yeah. with this awesome cream color uh, uh, shirt. Yeah. With a matching tie to the jacket. Nice. What's wrong with that? Because it wasn't blue, and it wasn't gray, and the shirt wasn't white. And a, the tie wasn't red. Was it a uniform handbook? Yes. Trash. Yes. That it, it definitely was. So no, we live in Florida, John. If you want to wear your Easter egg shirt mm. on December <laughs> one, you go ahead and wear your Easter Shout egg shirt on December shirt. one. Nice. Yeah. All right. You have a good Thanksgiving though? I did. It was too short, and here we are again. Too short is one of my favorite musical artists. Yeah, I know. That's why I leave it out there for you. Uh, so here's what's exciting okay. going on in the industry right now. Mm. We're hearing about the loan limits being increased. Shout out to the loan limits being increased. Yeah, so funny. John was helping some of our loan officers create videos mm-hmm. this week to blast out to their database and put on their social media accounts. Mm-hmm. And you learned all about that. Yeah, I did. Like you were like today years yeah. old when yeah. you learned Conforming about what does lo- that mean? What does it mean? Why is it beneficial? Who does it benefit yeah what does it mean uh fha is going to announce theirs uh early january yep, it's going up and as well. yeah, it's going to go up probably somewhere in the low 400s mm-hmm. i think i read somewhere like 420 ish mm-hmm. in in most markets obviously fha is going to be a little bit more pliable mm-hmm. so um it's more geographically restrictive meaning in certain markets it could be higher but then there's a base where it would never be lower than that and i think the base is going to be somewhere in like the 420 range right but it's interesting because then like Every loan officer, mm-hmm. I mean, every loan officer in America, mm-hmm. blasting Facebook all and LinkedIn, all over social media Have you heard? With, with the new number. Yep. Right? No one knows what that means, Mm-mm. right? All it means is that, hey, look, you now can qualify for a conforming loan at a much higher limit. Yeah. Like when I got in the business, it was like 333700 mm-hmm. And then it was increased to 417000 It mm-hmm. stayed at 417000 for a decade. It's a long time. But now I see some people who maybe they're just not in the industry. They're not totally in the know. And they're freaking out. Like, this can't be a good thing. Right, bro, that right, it's right. gone from 333700 to, I think it's like 647200 mm. Okay, well, in 18 years, mm-hmm. that constitutes like a 190% increase. Or more importantly, it's only an increase of 3.75% per year. Mm-hmm. On average. Yeah, that's modest. On average. Now, does it work that way? No. But most things that you say on average don't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they have really great years. They might have bad years. Peaks and valleys. But yes. 
Do you know what the S&P 500 has done in those same 18 years? I think you told me oh, 400% increase? Yes, over 400%. Damn. So the S&P from 2004 through 2022, or what's projected to end the end of 2021 into 2022, mm -hmm. is a, approximately a 400 plus percent increase or roughly 8% per year. Mm -hmm. And by the way, John, do you think the S&P always was in growth mode? Nah, definitely no, There's not. years like 2007 and 2008 and 2009 that were wrapped into that. Correct. Right? So it's a good thing mm -hmm. that we are allowing the conforming loan limit to increase because that affords more people accessibility to credit to purchase real estate. Well said. It affords more people to become wealthy mm -hmm. because homeownership is the number one way to wealth generation. Mm -hmm. It's the number one way to create generational wealth. I mean, it's, yeah. it is, it's proven. Um, I'm sorry that some people may see this as, oh, I'm priced out of the market now mm. that this, this is terrible that Bad. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it, is it terrible? I mean, is it terrible that we're, we're affording more people the ability to, to, to have access to credit? Is it terrible that home prices are, are increasing on average by whatever, three, 4% per year? Mm. That's normal guys and girls. That's normal. I mean, the only counter to that would be like, but my wages haven't gone up by 3.75% or more per year mm -hmm. since 2004. Mm -hmm. Guess what my answer is on that, John? Maybe it's time to find a new industry that pays more. Yeah, that's on you, homie. That's on you. You sat back and let that happen. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from, from uh, obtaining uh, uh, a new job with a different employer within the same industry or switching industries altogether. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's especially in a market like right now where it's like, name your price. Yeah. Name your price. Employers are suffering for, for, for good workers. You are not wound up today. Get out there and get after it. Yeah, a little bit wound up. That's not even what today's uh, topic know, is going to be on. I know. Fine. Yeah. Get it out, though. This is all part of the process, my friend. Well, let's rock and roll. Okay. Let's, let's tell our audience, who, by the way, hopefully you're tuning in through YouTube. If you haven't found us on YouTube yet, we have a YouTube channel. It's called The Loan Officer Podcast. Mm -hmm. Go on YouTube. Search The Loan Officer Podcast. Subscribe. You can watch all 180 plus of our videos as well as comment. And those comments are very interactive. Myself and John mm -hmm. try to do our best at reading the comments and replying when and where necessary. Yep. If you're not into watching podcasts because, hey, the podcast format was originally to be audio only, audio. cool. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you can find podcasts at The Lone Officer Podcast. Like us share us, give us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And if you're into social media, like obviously I was, because yeah. I was reading all of these things <laughs> on social media, yeah. uh, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at The Lone Officer, the Lone Officer Podcast. I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. It's a great way to connect with me. He is John Coleman. You must Google him to find his contact Maybe. information. And soon, I mean really soon. Yeah. Oh, is uh, it really? I don't know. TLOPonline.com, TheLoneOfficerPodcast.com, by Christmas, John, if you don't have the website uh -oh. ready to go, we're done. This is over? It's over. It's Sh over. We're done. Okay. It's time to put up or shut up. Okay. Put up or shut up. Okay. Now, full disclosure, I have to admit, the website's going to be badass. <laughs> and I keep on throwing more work. It's kind of like uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, we were sitting out by the, the fire, mm -hmm. having some sips of whiskey. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. It was like my parents, my sister, my niece, who's like an adult now. So it's mm -hmm. kind of cool to hang out with her and my wife. And um, they kept on wanting to go in. Mm -hmm. The girls did. Right. But my dad and I kept on putting more fire mm -hmm. in the fire pit, right. which kept us out later. Kept burning. 
kept burning, which yep. meant we had to go later. pour another glass of whiskey. Later into the night. Later into the night. Which turned into the morning. Which turned into the morning. Mm -hmm. And we all had a great time. Yeah. This website's going to be amazing. I time. keep on getting a little bit perturbed that it's delayed. But at the same time, I'm creating the delays because I keep on coming up with new ideas. I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to add that to the website. We need to do this. And you're like, okay, but that takes like hours to yeah. do. Well, yeah, one day it'll be plug and, plug and play. But yeah, you know, I'm excited as well for the folks to see it. Yeah, no, it'll be awesome. But what are we going to talk about um, right now on are, this episode? On this episode, we're going to talk about finding your ideal client. Love it. Love, love, love it. Okay, so again... I know that 75% of the people who tune into this are somehow mortgage real estate related. Correct. But we do try to make every episode to where it will translate in other professions as well. Mm -hmm. And so this episode, we'll only spend maybe 20 minutes on it. Like I think we can crush it in 20 minutes. Okay. I think this is an episode that you should be sharing with your friends who run businesses outside of mortgage and real estate. Who is your ideal client? Like, by show of hands, how funny would it be if people are like driving the car, raising their hand? By show of hands, like, who has actually sat down and visualized who's my ideal client? Like, if you're a loan officer, you have two clients you have borrowers and you have realtors. If you're a branch manager or a manager of salespeople, your client is your sales force. So, what is your average LO? What do they look like? What do they sound like? What do they do? And when I say, what do they look like? What do they sound like? What do they do? I'm not talking age or sex or sexual preference race or, or race like or religion. No, I'm talking about their characteristics mm -hmm. because you have taught me over the past two, two years, John, and you just said this to me about, um, and I'm a butcher of this. So maybe you, you take it, our, our brains mm -hmm. and they only have the ability to go one way at a time. Mm -hmm. So if I use certain brain power on a negative activity that I have no control over, mm -hmm it could impact the next two or three hours of my day. Correct. Right? So there's only so many hours in the day. Correct. There's only so many hours we can dedicate to our craft. Right. If we consistently work with clients who aren't our ideal client, it's not going to allow us to be the most productive. Mm -hmm. It's going to make us a little bit more angry, a little bit more frustrated. Mm -hmm. And when we're angry and frustrated, we're not productive. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to sit down and figure out who is our ideal client client. Right. And again, it could be, if you're a loan officer, it could be a borrower. It could be a realtor. Mm -hmm. If you are a branch manager, it could be your sales team. Mm -hmm. It could be the loan officers that you hire and, and train. If you're a dentist, mm -hmm. right? It's, it, it is your patients, right. right? If, if you're an accountant, it is your clients. Mm -hmm. If you're an attorney, it is your clients. Like you need to know who it is. There's billboards all up and down interstate 95 mm -hmm. men's DivorceOnly.com. Yeah, yeah, men's divorce only. Well, they know who their ideal client is. Yeah. Clearly. Men. Yeah, men, right? Men. That's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. That's all they do. Question yep. for you. If I'm a newer LO um, and I want to cast a wide net because I need to just build my book of business, is it something, are they more willing to work with like anyone, even if they're outside of the kind of client? Because I just need clients. So I'll work with him, even though ideally I wouldn't want to. I just need to because I need the at-bats, as you would say. Yes. Okay. Yeah, life is a life's a process. Life's a journey. It truly is. It's an adventure. You get better the more you do it, and you fine-tune and refine along the way. So you have to start with just a pile of material. Yeah. From there, you're gonna build and construct your masterpiece. Okay. And there's gonna be a lot of waste and there's gonna be a lot of lot of leftover. But once you get there, you should be along the along the way as you're building, keeping in mind what is my ideal client 
look like. So let's use this episode to give some examples of what we really mean by this. And we'll kind of run through the gamut. I'll do one for, I'm a loan officer and I'm talking about a borrower. Mm-hmm. I'm a loan officer and I'm talking about a realtor that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. I'm a branch manager and I want to work with, with a, uh, um, recruit loan officers. Right. And then people outside of the industry take these examples and I'd encourage you to get out a piece of paper and kind of jot down some notes on how this would translate into what you do for a living. Right. All right, so let's start um, loan officer and borrower. Okay. So my ideal borrower, first and foremost, they play by the rules. And you're gonna hear that a lot. Well, what are the rules? Well, I need to have my own rules. What are my rules? What are my boundaries? Right, so my rules and my boundaries may be that I'm willing to return text, phone calls, and emails between seven and seven, Monday through Friday. But if you're trying to blow me up at 8.30, you're not playing by my rules. Hmm. My rules may be that I do not submit pre-approval letters, nor do I quote interest rates unless I have all of your information. Because if I don't do that, then I understand that prescription before diagnosis is malpractice and I don't want to commit malpractice. Mm-hmm. So my ideal borrower, if I'm a loan officer, is one that's going to respect my time and they're going to, they're going to give me docs up front so I can do the proper assessment of their situation. They're also someone who appreciates the service that I provide and values it. To them, the most important thing is that they get the best mortgage and they have the best experience. It's not where my lender fees 900 or 1200. Was my interest rate 3.125 or 3.25, right? They like, no, you are the expert, Dustin. I trust that you're gonna be the person who gets me to the finish line on time and you're gonna be make yourself accessible to me and you're gonna proactively communicate. So for that reason, I wanna work with you. Like that is my ideal borrower. Now, yes, does my ideal borrower also qualify? Of course, they also qualify. But I don't care if they have a 620 credit score or an 820 credit score, right? I don't care if their their loan size is 150 or 1.5 million. Well, I do, but no, I don't. You know, like that's not, that would be like tier two Mm -hmm. of if I were to like, you know, yeah, yeah, if I got real granular, like super granular, Mm -hmm. oh, I would tell you, I want to do a veteran and his or her spouse where the veteran works for TSA, the spouse works um, for the school system, they have a 690 credit score, and they're purchasing a $350,000 home. That is my ideal client. Really? Yeah, like uh, that's how granular I can get, but I'd be remiss to think I could go out and do 10 of those a month. Right. But the fact that you said it and you were able to identify it, you know me, I'm, I, if you put it out there, you have to put it out there, I think, that's to get that granular helps. Yeah, what, what I like about that is 690 is a good credit score, but it's not great. Right, people who work at, at at TSA, they tend to make really good income and they have a stable job history. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my veterans just in general, but I'm a firm believer that the VA home loan is the number mm-hmm. one loan product, and it's a fairly easy loan to qualify for. Mm-hmm. And that particular client tends to be very appreciative of what I do and the service that I provide. And I think that's one of my my, my tier one. If I were to say, well, what is my ideal client? They are appreciative. They appreciate what it is that I bring to the table. Do you find loan officers that kind of go after the wrong clients? And is that why they're having bad experiences? And they Do blame I find? It? 
I don't, I don't have to look, John. They're all over the place. Really? So they almost like they do it to themselves almost like, oh, I hate this. Like, well, look who you're working with. Well, it's like, oh, well, you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Have you, have you ever met that that guy or girl usually, but guy mm-hmm. um, too, that's like, oh, drama just follows me. And it's like, actually, I'm you're, like, the starter, uh, you're the starter of it. Correct. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe you are uh-huh. the, uh, yeah. Um, you're the igniter of it. Right. Yeah. There are t- loan officers. That's, that's, that's. That's the biggest hurdle is themselves. They get in their own way, right? Their inability to, to say no. Their, ability, their inability to recognize who is my, my ideal client. Look, if you come to me and you want to play by the rules and you want to appreciate the service that I'm going to provide and you're going to respect my, my time mm-hmm. and you're going to give me the documents that I need to do my job appropriately, but you have a 570 credit score, you don't qualify. So I can spend 10 or 15 minutes with you. I can tell you what it is that you need to do to get your credit score up, but you're still not in my ideal client because I'm looking for people who qualify and they meet those, the, those other standards. So I would right. put on there, do you qualify as my ideal client? Right. Now, if you don't qualify today, I still want you to become one of my clients, but I can't spend two hours with you. I can spend 15 minutes with you. For some people, I can spend seven minutes with you. It depends. What are the, what's the probability of you being able to write your ship? If you're a 519 credit score Damn. and you're missing car payments and credit cards like yesterday, no. Yeah. That's three minutes. That's three minutes. Let me be professional, polite, and let you know that at this time I can't help you. But once you have a credit score of X and this much money in the bank, please give me a call back. Hmm. So that's what I would tell a loan officer. Okay. Okay. Now when it comes to realtors for my loan officer friends. Right. Realtor, same exact thing. What does your ideal realtor look like? And again, I don't care if they're male or female. I don't care if they're 18 or 88, right? I'm looking for a realtor who first and foremost is in growth mode. Mm. I want a realtor in growth mode because I'm in growth mode, right? If I'm listening to a podcast like this, it's because I'm in growth mode, right? It's, it's because I want to become better than I was yesterday. It's because good enough never is. And I only want to work with people who are like that. Are they in growth mode? And then do they have legitimate business that they could refer me? Right? Because you will find select realtors who are not in growth mode, but they do have legitimate business to refer you. Mm -hmm. At which point, maybe I need to say it's okay that they're not in growth mode because they have legitimate business to, to work with me. But I need to also understand that eventually someone who's not in growth mode will watch their business spiral mm. to where it's down to nil or next to nothing. And maybe that's done by design because maybe that person has been in real estate for 35 years and they're trying to get out, mm. but it doesn't do me any good to, to hitch my horse to that wagon. Right. If that wagon is going to be derailed in a matter of two or three years, it doesn't mean that I don't service the realtor. It just means I need to keep looking because right. I'm looking for realtors who are in growth mode. Mm. Then I'm looking for a realtor who's going to play by my rules again. Well, what are my rules? I need to sit down and define them. And they're going to be different for each person. Here are my rules with my realtors. I will make you, I will make myself available to you seven to seven, Monday through Friday. Now by seven to seven, please know I'm not always in the office from seven to seven, but I'm available to you from seven to seven. I will return all phone calls within one hour with a couple exceptions from time to time, but I will return all phone calls within an hour. I will make myself very accessible on email, not so much on text. I'll let people know that I'm not a good texter. Do I text? Hell yes. Do I text? all day, but 
I'm not as responsive on text. I'm very responsive on email. And I'm even responsive. I'm very responsive when you pick up the phone and call me, mm-hmm. which is why I return all phone calls within within an hour. But I also need you to understand what my role is in the transaction. My role is that of a partner, right? My role is to make sure that when you refer someone over to me that I do the best job possible so you never have to waste your time showing property to someone who ultimately is not going to qualify, mm-hmm. right? My, my role is also to make you look good. It's I'm going to edify you when you refer someone to me. I'm going to tell them how great you are. And then I'm going to give them an experience that when they hang up the phone with me, they're going to thank you and say, wow, that was awesome. Homeboy wouldn't shut up, but man, did I learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking for a realtor who's going to refer me appropriately. Like, what do you mean by appropriately? I, if you're the type of realtor that's going to be like, hey, Dustin, I hand out your card and two others. Do me a favor. Don't hand out my card. It, it's not needed. I don't mind that you have two or three different vendors that you know, like, and trust and you refer. But man, do us all a favor and refer one of us at a time. And if you're worried about some kind of a compliance thing about being held liable because you referred one, hey, refer us and be like, this is who I trust to get your job done. This is who I know is going to be accountable to me. There are a thousand other lenders out there. You can find them online. You can find them on TV advertisements. If they still have the yellow pages, you can open the yellow pages and sort through that. You can go to your bank or your credit union, but those people aren't accountable to me and I don't trust them to get the job done the way I do John or Dustin or Emily. So that is to me what the ideal realtor, the person listening to this, yours may be a little different, right? But this is the the thought process I want to put you through. And then finally, if I'm a branch manager, same thing applies. I'm out there recruiting and hiring and training and developing loan officers. I can't do that successfully and consistently if I don't know who my ideal loan officer is. Well, I've realized that just in this industry, like when you open new branches, like some branches have the wherewithal, like, yeah, we can onboard like a, a junior LO. We have the time and the resources to train them. Other branches, like we're, we're running on 500 miles an hour. We don't have time for that. So I've seen that myself. Yep. So, so I would say to that branch or regional manager or branch manager or sales manager, whatever your title is, when you are sitting down and you're trying to figure out who your ideal LO is, mine, I'm gonna go first and foremost to growth mode. Are they in growth mode? We do really well with people in growth mode. I don't care if you're a brand new rookie, newly licensed and don't know there's a T in mortgage. Mm-hmm. If you're in growth mode and you're trying to figure out what it takes for you to win that trip to Costa Rica, I'm all in. If you're a seasoned veteran, 15 years in the business, you close your 20 million, your 24 million, your 36 million, but that isn't sufficient and you're trying to get to 48 or 60 or 72 or 100, you're in growth mode. Now, would I turn down an originator who's like, hey, I do 18 and 24 million every single year. I don't care to do more. I don't care to do less. Yeah, I'm good. Look, just like with the realtor, there's going to be exceptions made. But then my number two is, are you an asshole? Like when I'm a hiring manager, that is number two. I don't hire assholes, period, end of story. It's not worth it. Life's too short. Life's too short. I need everyone else to want to come to work. And if you are the reason why people don't want to come to work, I don't want you here. I don't care what your production is. I don't care how much revenue you generate. Just not worth it. But then I'm going to ask you, do you play by the rules? There's 1,900 different ways that someone could issue a pre-approval, Submit a loan to processing, underwriting, closing, et cetera. 
but we have our way. We have our way that was taught to us by some of the best of the best in the business going back 20 years that we have then put our own spin on mm -hmm. and that's our way of doing business. We expect our pre-approvals to be ironclad. We give you all the resources to make sure that before you, you, you issue a pre-approval letter, it is ironclad. We, we don't have any tolerance for customer service issues. We don't have any tolerance for realtors, selling agents to call our office because they can't get a hold of you, hmm. right? Because the transaction's going sideways, right? And we also look for people that I can, I can describe. They're purchase focused and they appreciate database management and they see the benefits of database management. They're not afraid to get out and publicly speak, teach classes, attend happy hours, industry functions. Like this is our ideal LO. Now, other branches and other mortgage companies will have a different mm -hmm. ideal LO, right? If I'm running a call center, I may start with my ideal LO on a disc personality profile, doesn't show much drive to go out and do it on their own, mm -hmm. right? Because if I'm, if I'm a call center, my fear is that someone's going to come work for me. I'm going to give them a headset. I'm going to give them 12 to 15 phone calls a day let them close 50, 60 loans. And they're gonna be like, okay, now that I know how to close a loan, I'm gonna go out and do it for myself. Peace. Yeah. But you know, here for the, the mortgage company that I represent and the branches that my two partners and I manage, these are things that we look for when, when we look for LOs that are in growth mode, that are purchase focused, that are, are by referral only, that look for um, a company that, that supports their marketing efforts via database management and database marketing. Mm -hmm. um, What's the percentage of loan officers you think that can articulate their ideal client like you just did? Regardless, because you really, you nailed 90, it down. 10, 10% can. Okay. 10% can. That's why we're doing an episode on John. Like right. literally it's like, hey, boys and girls, children of all ages, like right. we, we need to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. We We need to be able to identify and understand that there's no such thing as a perfect world. Right. But if you can wake up every single day and say, is this person my ideal client? If they're not, maybe you say next, right. maybe say next and go find someone else who is your ideal client. Because what's, what's the use of working with someone? If they're not your ideal client, the likelihood of you actually converting them and closing them is way less than, than it is. Right. So you'll spend you know countless hours, working with someone who's not your ideal client just to hear them say no. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you rather them tell you no or you told them no within five or 10 minutes versus five or 10 hours yeah. when you're only given so many hours in the work week? Right. right? So you, I mean, it's it's paramount for someone to, to achieve success at a high level. I think you have to be that dialed in. But I think so few of us have actually done it. And then do we have the fortitude to actually say no? Right, because you asked a question about 10, 15 minutes ago about loan officers who take on clients and business that they shouldn't. Yeah. And yes, like we see it day in, day out, loan officers who work 40, 50 hours a week in the office and they close on average two and a half to three and a half transactions. The hell? I'm like, that's part-time work. <laughs> but if you're consistently bringing in business that doesn't match your ideal, then you know, and, and maybe maybe that business is coming in is because the referral sources don't match the ideal. So you have a bunch of referral sources who don't match your your, your ideal client. Mm -hmm. They're referring you a bunch of borrowers who don't match your <laughs> ideal client. And now you've become your branch manager's not ideal LO. Wow.
Yeah, yeah. so like here we are December 1. I think this will air in a couple of days, maybe? Friday. Friday. So, yeah, so you listen, it's only a couple of days after mm-hmm. John and I did it. It's business planning season. Right. Yeah, I want to encourage you to sit down and, and draft. Who is your ideal ex? Borrower, referral source, manager. Who's your ideal manager? Maybe you're working for the wrong company. Mm. Maybe you work for the wrong manager. Have you sat down and done that? Is this my ideal girlfriend or boyfriend? Right. It's my ideal company. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's paramount to, to do that, and it must be done on an annual basis. Right. People change. I'm going to change as a person. So what was ideal for me at the end of 2021 might not be what's ideal for me at the end of 2022. So there you go. That's it. That's all the time we have, John. That's it. That is all the time. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. You have tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. If you think we are the ideal podcast for you, <laughs> please find us, like us, share us, five-star review us, comment us, hit us up on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. I promise you TLOP Online is on its way. Our handle is at the Loan Officer Podcast. Hit us up and follow us on all of our social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. We will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.